Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in partnership with Club Onologique, the world through the lens of wine and spirits. This week, cocktail hacks for Christmas. Joel Harrison, author of 60 Second Cocktails, is here with his essential festive selection. From the showstopper to the quick spritz, something special for those surprise guests and also the dry ones. Plus, we'll take a look at the latest cocktail trends. So Christmas is upon us, a time for reveling and cheer. And of course, that means cocktails. It wouldn't be the festive season without parties, family get-togethers and all-round indulgence. So how should we prepare? What tricks should we have up our sleeves? And how should we deal with those surprise guests, or at least the ones that we forgot we invited? Uh, Joel Harrison is a mover and a shaker. Uh, He's the author of 60 Second Cocktails, a writer, consultant, all-round spirits expert and regular guest on The Drinking Hour. And he joins us now. Uh, Joel, welcome back. Thank you very much, David. Uh, And uh, season's greetings to you. Yeah, season's greetings to you as well. Uh, It's lovely to chat at this time of the year. It uh, feels like Christmas. Yeah. Like Father Christmas, really, in your own way, but without the beard, yeah. And without the grey hair, I should say, as well. So, cocktails at Christmas. You are the expert, the author of 60 Second Cocktails, of course, which I have been flicking through. It's um, an indispensable uh, companion at this time of the year. And I want to go through a few ideas, uh, different themes, um, some ambitious, some rather speedy. Let's start to borrow from Bake Off with the word showstopper. What about a cocktail where you've got a bit of time that makes a real wow, looks like you've made a real effort? Well, I think whatever cocktail you make, whichever direction you choose to go in, the first port of call to make something really showstopperish is is your glassware. And, And glassware these days, good glassware isn't very expensive. But, you know, if you're just rocking out a, a heavy old kind of glass that you've stolen from the pub, maybe, or it's a cheap, you know, a cheap, heavy glass from Ikea, then everything looks a bit dull in, in that sort of in that sort of uh, environment. So if if you get the opportunity, even vintage shops, you know, nip down some vintage shops, there's nothing more alluring than a crisp, cold martini in a classic vintage coupe picked up from, a say, a secondhand store. Those are brilliant. And actually to have mismatched ones is not a big issue either. So as long as it's vintage based you can get away with that so i would say the first thing for any showstopper drink get your glassware right so that's number one number two Mm. 
Uh, and I'm probably going to I'm going to bang on about this, David, and I probably bang on about this every time that we chat. Ice, ice, ice. Make sure you get it good ice. And don't be afraid of going out and buying a bag of ice from your local supermarket, because when you put that in your glass and you'll use it, you're having a, a drink that does use ice. It will go clear in the glass, whereas the stuff that we keep in our freezers at home, no matter how hard we try, will always kind of fur up slightly. It'll go kind of cloudy. It just doesn't look particularly appetizing in a you know, refreshing gin and tonic or something like that. So that's my second second piece of advice is good ice. Um, uh, just buy bags of it from your local supermarket, wherever you find cheapest. Uh, and if you really feel like you're going to go fancy and you really want to impress, you can order um, like ice blocks and, and uh, all the sort of fancy things that, that cocktail bars have these days. Not particularly expensive. Just Google it up. Your local ice supplier, they're, they're all over the country. And they do good business and they can drop it off, especially if you happen to be lucky enough to live within the M25. Uh, there's, there's quite a few to choose from, but there's bespoke ones in Edinburgh and places like that. Oh, well, the third thing would be your garnish. You know, just learn to make good garnishes. Good garnish oh. is very simple and easy to make. You know, just taking the peel off a, off a lemon, for example, for a martini. It's taking the pith off, cutting it into a little kind of a rectangle. And then you just twist it round your bar spoon uh, and you can end up with one of them. It looks like kind of double helix. And you can just drop that into your martini, for example. So those are sort of three hacks, really, three three tips for getting a drink to look good. Make sure you've got good glassware, you can buy vintage. Make sure you've got good ice, go to your local supermarket, buy a bag of it. And then just to spend a little bit of time on garnishes, which you can pre-prepare, put in Tupperware boxes with a little bit of wet uh, tissue paper or kitchen roll will keep them fresh with a lid on. And then finally, let's talk about the drink itself. A showstopper drink. Well, listen, anything in any of those glasses with good ice and a nice garnish is going to look great. But... I think something that's shaken up with a little bit of a foamy head on it. So we're looking at something like uh, a whiskey sour or a gin sour. They look incredibly impressive. But the one that is really stand out for me, and this is quite hard work, although there are some tips around it, it's called a Ramos Gin Fizz. Have you ever had a Ramos Gin Fizz, David? No, I have not. Ah, so a Ramos Gin Fizz is a New Orleans drink. It's a classic New Orleans drink. Um, and it brings together gin, lemon and lime juice, a little bit of sugar syrup, a touch of orange blossom water, some egg or egg, egg white egg white substitute, basically, a bit of cream and some soda water. So it's big, it's rich, it's quite complex. And back in the day when this was invented, and really now if you go to a good quality bar, it's made in stages. So the gin and the lemon and the lime, they go in and they're shaken up together, uh, dry shake, no ice. Then you add some sugar syrup, the orange blossom water, then you add some ice and you shake again. Then you add the egg white, then you shake again, then you add the cream, then you shake again. And then what you do is you fill um, a highball glass with a little bit of soda water and you then pour slowly this mixture of gin, lemon, lime and cream and orange blossom water and egg white into the glass and it starts to foam up and as no ice and as it begins to get towards the top you slowly stop the pour you leave it for a second then you carry the pour on and the and the foam lifts up just like a souffle it looks like a souffle as it comes out it is incredibly rich it's incredibly decadent it's actually really refreshing for a drink with cream and egg in it but most of all it looks unbelievable and there is a hack to this you can do it all if you have like a Nutribullet you just put it all in a Nutribullet leave the soda water out put it all in a Nutribullet whiz it all up and then 
bit of soda water in your glass and pour it into the soda water, strain it into the soda water and watch it, watch it rise. It's an absolutely decadent drink and perfect for Christmas. Wow. I'm exhausted hearing that. <laughs> the Nutribullet's a very good um, hack because a lot of people um, will have those. Um, you've said about a hundred interesting things already. Um, <laughs> it really uh, interesting what you say about glassware because um, I love glassware. I, I, I've got it knocking around all over the place. And actually, Actually, um, you don't, as you say, have to spend lots of money. Bric-a-brac shops, the charity shop where sadly someone has maybe passed away and there's been a house clearance. Um, those kind of places often have, um, especially if you don't mind mismatched, which, as you say, is quite cool, really, anyway, then they're a great place to find those kind of things, aren't they? They are. And the, and the nice thing is, as well, is even if you've got a glass and it's got a slight uh, nick in the, in the rim, um, what you can do is you can take a little bit of sandpaper and you can just sand that down. Uh, and it will just smooth it out. And it just adds a bit of character. It means you're not throwing a, a, a glass away. Sometimes you'll find those in charity shops where you've got five or uh, so four or six of the glasses and one of them's maybe got a little chip out of it. Just bring it, sand it down, and it's a little bit of character in there, which is really nice. And that's what vintage glassware brings to different cocktails is, is a little bit of character. And the other nice thing as well is you don't feel so guilty that if you maybe, you know, accidentally nick one on, on the edge of the washing up bowl and it smashes or, you know, if you put it in the freezer and, and it doesn't quite survive a, a, a chill down or something like that, because you got them from a vintage shop. They're kind of a little bit easy come, easy go in that respect. But it just adds a little bit of a little bit of flair, a little bit of um, a class to your drinks if you've got these lovely vintage glasswares. Great advice on the ice as well. It's easy to forget that. And as you say in the book, I think, the ice stops, the party stops. 100%. And the, the other thing that people forget is most quality cocktails, with the exception of some, and I'll talk about one in a minute, are, they need dilution of some sort. You know, you need citrus fruits or you need fruit juices in there. So make sure you've got plenty of lemons and limes. Make sure you've maybe got some apple juice, some orange juice, uh, some mixers like soda water and tonic. Because... The amount of times I've been to a party and someone's gone, here's the bar, make a cocktail. And you're like, well, it's this. I can make you a cocktail, but it will, it will knock you for six because it will be just booze. And actually, great cocktails aren't just booze. They're, they're bringing together other elements, too. So do make sure that you've got a well-stocked fridge going into the Christmas period for, for slinging some classic cocktails. And also great advice on the garnish. Now, what were you saying, uh, so to speak, about taking the pith then? <laughs> yes. So um, when you so first things first, the all of the oils that you want in a, in a garnish are hidden in the skin of a lemon or a lime or an orange. And yes, look, we might have a Negroni where we take a slice of orange and we put that into it. But really, if you're going to be making a great drink, a great classic like a martini or a Manhattan or a Rob Roy or something like that, you're going to want to take some of the uh, skin of, say, a lemon or an orange and express the oils over the top of the surface of the drink. And the best way to do that is to make sure you've got very little pith on there. So I just use uh, a vegetable peeler. So a vegetable peeler to take off some of the some of the skin of the of the fruit, and then a sharp knife. Take a sharp knife and just take off all of the white, as much of the white underneath it as you can. Now be very careful with this if you're using a sharp knife, and you'll be left with just a very thin slither of skin. And then as you hold it over the glass, you just twist it uh, one hand in the opposite direction to the other, twist it over the top, and you can see the oils go. Pew, over the top of, of the drink and it's none more impressive I think than on a on a kind of crisp cold clear glass of martini that's filled right up to the brim in your chosen martini glass and then you just 
swiss, swiftly twist the zest of the, the lemon over the top and watch these oils kind of express themselves and float on top. It's just a really magical, uh, it's a magical experience and really adds to the drink and the aroma and the flavour as well and also the showmanship of it all, which is great at Christmas. Talking of which, if you've had the cocktail and you can still say swiftly taking the (laughs) the pith yes then you're doing better than me um okay so we've had the the uh ramos gin fizz and the sort of souffle action and all of that wow now if someone turns up who you either aren't expecting uh, which happens a lot at Christmas, or you were expecting that you've forgotten that you were expecting, which has happened to me, then you want to make an emergency cocktail um, that looks like you've put a lot of effort into it when there's really no time and you might not have that much stuff around. Where do you go then? I would uh, quite often err on the side of uh, something with sparkling wine in it. So you can't really beat the sort of classic cognac cocktail. Just to take a sugar cube, put it in the bottom of a champagne flute, um, a little bit of Angostura bitters onto that, uh, a touch of cognac on that, on that, just to sort of submerge the the uh, the, the sugar cube, uh, and then you just top it up with champagne. Very slowly, top it up with champagne. Uh, maybe give it a quick a quick mix, but you just let the sugar cube sit in the bottom. The bubbles come up. You've got this beautiful hue that comes from the Angostura bitters, um, and you've got the extra texture that comes from the from the cognac. Uh, and for me, that's a drink that that kind of it impresses. It's easy to do as long as you've got uh, a bottle of champagne in the fridge or you know chilled down. That's nice and easy. They may even bring it with them. Um, and all you then need, like I say, is is a sugar cube. A little bit of cognac and, and some Angostura bitters, and as we all know, Angostura bitters it's 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 a classic in pretty much every cocktail uh, that's that's worth its own, you know, worth its salt. And um, uh, it's one of those bottles that people have at home, and they don't really know what to do with it. Uh, you know, it's a it's a staple in a whiskey sour, it's a staple in a old fashioned, it's a staple in a classic cognac cocktail. But it's it's a, it's a great bottle and can always you know bitters always add a little bit extra to cocktails. They're they're there as the seasoning, if you like, of the cocktail world. So do 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 experiment with your with your Angostura bitters as you're making making these. But um, but yeah, that for me is is one that's nice and easy to roll out that people can be. What you don't want to be doing is stuck in the kitchen making cocktails when everyone else is having a good time eating their canapes and sitting by the fire and opening presents. So that's a, that's another drink that can be pre prepared with your sugar cube bitters and cognac in the bottom of the glass, then you can just top it up with the champagne as you as you bring it into the room. So that's one I would choose, I think. Yeah, very good. And Angostura bitters, you're so right. They are, uh, they'll last you a long time unless you make, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cocktails, but they are so handy to have around. They make such a difference, don't they? Well, we all know there are three things that are going to survive the apocalypse. Uh, cockroaches, Keith Richards and Angostura bitters. So those are the uh, those are the three things that will last forever, I think. Now, if you don't have a cocktail shaker, does that matter? No. See, cocktails. So in 60 Second Cocktails, we've got a whole chapter on. Um, uh, it's called No Shake Sherlock, making drinks without without too much cocktail equipment. Um, and, and there are plenty of great drinks that can be made without, without a shaker. I mean, especially at Christmas... Long drinks. Uh, 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 people think long drinks. You know, you kind of gin and tonic. You, you, you what we could call in the industry a plus one drink, so a mixer and a, and a spirit. People think that they're they're the, the domain of the summer party, the kind of garden party, and absolutely. Uh, you can make them in, in a really lovely way. Just a simple whiskey and ginger, for example. Uh, if you're using a good ginger beer or a nice spicy ginger ale, it's actually a really warming drink. Garnish it with a cinnamon stick and you've got something that is is not, you know, it's not hot, it's served cold, but is warming on the inside and actually really kind of puts a smile on people's faces when they're greeted with a, a whiskey and ginger. Um, another one for me is a 
tequila and tequila and tonic, I think, is a fantastic drink that people that might say, well, that's quite Christmassy. But actually, if you garnish it with a bit of rosemary um, uh, and it's just a really it's a really beautiful drink. And then the third one is is a highball whiskey and soda water. But my little tip here is whiskey, soda water uh, and then a garnish uh, of cracked black pepper. So just take your pepper grinder and, and grind it over the top. And it just adds this little touch of spice to a drink that is otherwise, you know, very refreshing and, and, and can be summer driven. But this just gives it that kind of winter lift with a sort of slightly clovish element to it. Yeah, good idea. So what about those who don't drink? It could be they're pregnant, driving, uh, religious reasons, um, just health reasons, uh, whatever. Um, they They shouldn't miss out on the fun, the feeling of having something special uh, along with everybody else. So what can we do for them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, it depends how, how quote unquote, not drinking you are, because um, going back to our conversation about bitters earlier, like bitters are alcoholic. And um, that's, that's, that's what drives the uh, extraction of flavour from, from whatever the herbs, spices, botanicals that, 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 that are used to flavour the particular bitters. But for example, ang- a, a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters in a glass topped up with ice and, and tonic water is just a delicious drink. And it, it is going to have trace amounts of alcohol in it. So if you're not drinking for religious reasons and you really don't want any alcohol, that's that's not not the drink for you. But if you're drinking for other reasons where you do either just want to massively cut down or or you may be pregnant and you and you and you know even a trace amount of you know trace amount of alcohol is, is okay. Um, uh, I think that's a cracking drink to have. And you can go out and buy different types of bitters. So, uh, you know, downstairs in my cabinet, I've got things like black walnut bitters. I've got cherry bitters. I've got chocolate bitters. And you can experiment with just a couple of drops of those in a glass. Top it up with lemonade or soda water or ginger ale or any other kind of nice sparkling mix or even sparkling water. And you've got yourself something that's really super tasty. Again, use good glassware, use good ice, use a great garnish. And, and quite frankly, sometimes you wouldn't know that you're you're not having a cocktail. but the one that I really, really like, and again, this is in our book, 60 Second Cocktails, it's called The Bright Side. And it's um, two parts freshly brewed and then and then cooled Earl Grey tea, two parts cloudy apple juice, half a part freshly squeezed lemon juice, and then a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters. But if you're really insistent, you could leave those out if you don't want that trace alcohol in there. And this is served in a coupe. You basically just uh, uh, fill a shaker with the ice, put all the ingredients there in there, shake it all up, strain it into your coupe, and then garnish with a little bit of, of lemon peel with the oils over the top, as we were discussing. And this mix of kind of like slightly, so Earl Grey's got this sort of bergamot taste to it. So it's this slightly bergamotty, tea-driven note to it mixed with the apple juice and then there's and then the citrus notes coming through the acidity of the lemon juice coming through it's just absolutely fantastic and that's a drink that i would definitely be having um maybe kind of one or two drinks in i'll probably make a round of those up just to give people a bit people a bit of a break um Mm. the other one that i was thinking of actually and i've not tried this yet so this is a bit of an experiment for me i on christmas morning i really like a, a black velvet so I have got, again, purchased from a vintage shop around the corner from where I live, a couple of um, uh, tankards, metal tankards, flagons, if you like, and they go in the freezer. And then it's the heady mix of champagne and Guinness. Now, Guinness 
have brought out a zero zero, which is absolutely fantastic, really brilliant. And I had a friend of mine, I was chatting with him the other day and he said he was out watching the rugby and they were drinking Guinness all kind of all day across maybe two or three rugby matches. And he said every other pint of Guinness, we would drink a zero zero. And it was just, he said, the, the, the difference between that and a session on Guinness was remarkable. And you've, mm. you, you know, you can't really tell the difference too much. It's a brilliant product. So I might try in advance of Christmas day, whipping up a much lower ABV black velvet using still using champagne uh, or sparkling wine of some sort, but trying a go with Guinness zero zero and see how it works out. Yeah, what a good idea. And it is amazing. The the beer industry has really made a lot of the running with uh, no alcohol, hasn't it? It has. It really has. And, it, and and the qualities get, you know, it's it's not like it was, I don't know, David, we're, 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 I think might, might be a similar age, but just after I'd learned to drive uh, oh. in that period when I was 16, 17, 18, yeah. Calibre. Calibre had come oh, out and it was, wretched. oh, yes. oh, it was t- awful. I used to think oh. that I could collect what the cat left and actually it would probably be nicer <laughs> to drink, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. And nowadays people are much more, you know, they're going to put their own brand on it, whether it's Heineken or San Miguel or whoever it might be, or Perone or whoever. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're putting their own brands on their Zero Zero Biz because they're proud of it. You know, it's not just some random brand that's been created as a result. But um, but yeah, I'm a I'm, I'm big, big fan of those. There's a couple of german ones actually that are wheat beers that are very good very good zero zero wheat beers um that you can pick up in some of the specialist stores but yeah um yeah uh, they're doing a great job they're doing a great job I i'm not i'm not sure about the wines yet though david I, I, i'm not sure if they've mm. quite got their no their it's gears together better. on that one getting better but not there yet so i'd stick with your champagne and your lower alcohol uh black velvet to be honest when it comes to zero zero as well there's lots of quote unquote non-alcoholic gins out there they're obviously not gin because they don't have alcohol in them but uh the very best one i found is the tanqueray the tanqueray zero zero is very very good uh streets ahead a lot of the others that i've that i've tried so just a, a a call out on that one i did um a consumer piece for um, Witch magazine looking blind at a lot of these non-alcoholic gins, quote unquote, and it was the one that came out you know, absolutely the highest. So very good quality product, that one. Yeah, well worth knowing about for a, a, for someone who wants a G&T without the, uh, the alcohol hit. Um, everyone loves the spritz at the moment. So um, if you want something that's got a bit of a festive feel and it's a spritz, where do you go? That's a really good question. And I think for me, a, a good spritz that I like for for, um, for Christmas days is, or for the Christmas period is using Calvados. Again, going back to 60 Second Cocktails, there's a, there's a drink called Bastille Day, which is Calvados, dark rum, a little bit of clear honey, which you loosen first with a bit of a bit of warm water, a couple of dashes of chocolate bitters. That's optional, and then it's um, topped up uh, as all spritzes should be with with some champagne or cremant or prosecco. But uh, I think in this case, something a little bit drier works because of the the dark rum and, and the calvados. But it's really nice. You just build it slowly in the glass. Um, you put in the put, the honey gives it a little bit of sweetness. The dark rum adds a little bit of texture to it. The calvados, that appley note, um, and then when you lengthen it with the with the sparkling wine and add the chocolate bitters you end up with this kind of like chocolatey appley uh, honey led kind of warming but yet totally refreshing um tart tartan almost driven spritz which is really you know it's a really lovely drink to do another one that i would i would call it, it's not quite a spritz but the use of the use of bourbon and black cherry jam together can be really interesting so if you take some bourbon stick that in a in a jar put in some black cherry jam 
stir it round, give it a good old shake. Um, so you're infusing this black cherry jam into the bourbon. Strain that into a glass um, and then top that up with some sparkling, uh, a little bit of red vermouth in there as well, and then top that up with some sparkling wine. Very, very good drink. Really, really delicious. Uh, and again, I'd use a cinnamon stick as garnish on, on that one. So spritzes at Christmas can be can be an absolute delight. I think actually even an Aperol spritz, I think, works for me in, in, at Christmas time too. Yes, because of the orangey flavours. That's a very good idea, your uh, black cherry concoction. I'm uh, going to go away and try that for sure. What about a nightcap cocktail? Because, um, you know, uh, sometimes someone might have a glass of port or they might uh, have a, you know, a whiskey or a, a cognac or whatever. But if you want something that's a cocktail, maybe a bit longer, but it feels like a nightcap, it feels like you're closing off your session. Uh, where would you go at Christmas time for that? I'm a big fan of a of a Sazerac. So... It's 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 not a very long drink, right? Basically, it's a it's it's a glass where you've had a wash out with absinthe. So you kind of wash the glass out with absinthe. If you don't have absinthe, don't worry. If you've got something like chartreuse, that works. Any herbal liqueur, you can even use a Jägermeister or something. You know, if you've got anything lying around that's got a herbal base to it, stick a bit in a glass, roll it around the glass, and then just just chuck the rest of it into the sink. I mean, you really need a tiny tiny amount to do that. And then it's just a mix of. Um, of bitters, uh, a little bit of brandy or American whiskey, and a, t- a touch of vermouth as well can go in there. And it's and it's just red vermouth, and it's just a really lovely drink that I think works well. Just elevated up from just a simple dram or or a touch of cognac. I'm a big fan of that. But then I'm also a big fan of of a Manhattan. Um, you know that is red vermouth and bourbon together, sweet vermouth and bourbon together, uh, uh, with a little bit, a little bit of dash of bitters. Absolutely quality drink. Uh, anything that's a bit heavier, a bit shorter, I think. Um, at the end of the night because uh, especially at my age you don't want to be woken up before Santa Claus arrives just to go and use the use the uh, the restroom so I prefer something a little shorter before I go to bed a little little shorter sharper with a little bit more kick to it to help me get to sleep yeah so those would be two two that I would suggest Mm, thank you yeah we don't want to uh, bump into Santa coming uh, out of the chimney, no. And um, when you mention vermouth, by the way, a, a slight diversion, but when you talk about sweet vermouth, uh, people might be thinking, hang on a minute, what what is a sweet vermouth versus the vermouth that I buy, the Martini Rosso or whatever? Does that, is that a sweet vermouth? What are you talking about there? So vermouth uh, really comes in, well, it comes in two main types, really. There's, there's, there is Bianco white vermouth, but, but people tend to drink that with lemonade or soda water. Uh, the two that you really need for cocktail are dry vermouth which is also white in color um, and that's used predominantly in things like making a martini for example um, and, uh, and with a martini the drier the martini the the, 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 the the lower the amount of vermouth in the mix and then there's red vermouth sweet vermouth which is as it would suggest it's sweeter it tends to be red in color even though it's made from white grapes predominantly and uh, that's used in drinks such as a Negroni or a Manhattan uh, Rob Roy, anything with a little bit of a sort of darker, richer colour to it. And it is a darker, richer drink. And it's actually very pleasant on its own. And both dry vermouth and sweet vermouth are very, very pleasant, just lengthened with, with tonic water. Yes, they are. That's a lovely spritz in itself, isn't it? And good for the season too. And then um, do you take a, a firm view on nibbles? You know, what you might serve alongside your festive cocktails? 
I, do you know what? I take a firm view on nibbles and cocktails as a partnership because I think, you know, you go to Spain and Portugal and, and, and Italy and places like that. They will nearly always serve you some form of nibble with a cocktail and uh, and and build it into the price as well. Uh, you know, mostly, if you, especially if you're, you know, somewhere like Bilbao or you're, you're, you're in Italy. And I think that's the, the, the way people, you know, drinks should be served with some form of sustenance alongside them. And I don't really... For me, it doesn't really matter what it is. Salty snacks, always good drinking snacks, but you know, absolutely anything. Even if you're opening a packet of crisps and putting them putting them in a bowl, I do advocate some form of snackage alongside your your cocktail. But just because I think it helps to to have something solid alongside something liquid at the same time. So, whatever you choose to do, if you're whacking in some nibbles from the local supermarket, or if you're delicately placing some smoked salmon on top of a blini, you know, done at home by hand, or you're just simply opening a packet of crisps, I would highly advocate some sort of nibbles alongside your cocktails and booze. Yes, I couldn't agree more i feel that something's missing when i'm at someone's house and they offer me a cocktail and there isn't at least a bowl of peanuts or something frankly 100 uh, exactly yeah exactly. and the saltiness is so nice but olives uh good quality nuts as you say good quality crisps it doesn't have to be a load of effort it doesn't have to be a blini does it it could be something that you could open from a packet no i completely agree completely agree and and um uh... I, for me, one of the biggest challenges with Christmas is a lot of people think that there are drinks that you should be drinking at Christmas and they'll buy bottles specifically for that. So, you know, something like something like port, for example, very rarely throughout the year will people knock out, knock open a bottle of port. Maybe if you're having a very late night at a cheese board or something, but people will nearly always have a bottle of port, uh, that kind of richer, darker ruby port at Christmas time. One of the things that I would say to people is you can use these drinks throughout the year. Like there's a great drink, uh, Duro spritz from from our book using um, ruby port a dash of freshly squeezed lemon juice a dash of sparkling water and then topping it up with prosecco and it's effectively a, a, a kind of alternative to a slightly richer aperol spritz slightly less bitter slightly sweeter but slightly richer aperol spritz but these drinks are drinks that should be appreciated all year round and port of all types i mean i'm a huge fan of tawny port and I think tawny port can work equally as well, slightly chilled down in the summer, as it can do with a cheese board in front of the fire at winter. Yeah, and the Duro Spritz is a great one, actually, because it's also not particularly expensive to make. If you've got a load of people coming, it's very scalable, yes. isn't it, as well? That's that's true. And, and actually, that's a great other tip, David, which is pre-batching it is something that nobody should be ashamed of. And, and again, the point of having people over for drinks is to be convivial and to spend time with people and to catch up and to see people. And I saw some statistics, this was a, was a while ago now, but um, the statistics were saying that if you've got more than three other people, so four people around, people are put off by making cocktails because they feel they have to make them in batches. And if you've got six people in a room, all you're doing is spending your time back in the kitchen making cocktails for people rather than being part, part of the conversation and being present. So pre-batching stuff is actually not difficult to do. Um, little things, even sparkling um uh, sort of lead cocktails like the Duro Spritz can be pre-batched. Just make sure you're not putting it in a bottle with a stopper on, or you're putting it in, you know, put it in a kilner jar with a tap, so it's a little bit easier to pour. But I mean, I I, I made forever making stuff. I made uh, we had a little street Christmas street party, and 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 we just whipped up a, a sort of halfway mix between a margarita and a a Cipriana type thing and and it was just delicious it was just a bit of a punch really that was, that was whipped up into a, a rum based punch that was whipped up with a bit of pineapple juice 
um, some rum, a little bit of cachaca. Uh, we had some mint in there, oh, some cranberry juice as well, some lime juice. Just play around with it till you get the flavors right. Uh, put some ice in it and people can come and either help themselves or you can, you know, you feel like you don't have to always be constantly in the kitchen making stuff for people. And I think that's that's really important when it comes to hosting. Yeah, no, great idea, that batching. It's what the bars do, and uh, we all love it there. So why not if we've got lots of guests coming? It's a, a really good hack, as are um, the others. Um, so um, your own uh, Christmas uh, choice, you mentioned the black velvet. Is is that your normal starter on Christmas Day? Yeah, so I think the day will, how will the day work out for us? It just, uh, again, a lot of it just depends on the sort of mood of the moment, but it will nearly always start with a with, with, with a black velvet so just make sure I get the glasses or the the mugs in the freezer the night before and I've got my cans of Guinness in because um uh I ain't gonna get a, a <laughs> not, not, not got a draft Guinness system at home sadly but uh, get some cans of Guinness in and make sure I've got an, a decent bottle of something chilling down uh, and that will be the start of that um and then from there I think there'll be a journey into a bit of a gap with some coffee and what have you but then into the wines for lunch and then pre the pre-lunch cocktail will no doubt be a the cognac cocktail i spoke about earlier with uh, a little bit of champagne a little bit of cognac and the sugar and the, and the angostura's and then after dinner i don't know i see how early we finish whether we go for a long walk and maybe a, a slow gin negroni which i love is very christmasy one of my favorite drinks is just a Negroni, take the gin out and replace it with slow gin. And that probably might make its way into a hip flask for the walk, for the Christmas Day walk. And then come back and have something uh, something by the fire, maybe a, a glass of cognac or a, or a whiskey at that point. Uh, and then move on to something a bit more refreshing like a martini to see, see the evening out. Martini into a, into a Manhattan. And that, that by that point, I'll be fully asleep in my chair. It has to be said. Yeah, yes. And of course, you'll be catering for so many people because we'll all have come bailing round for a <laughs> Uh, the, um, the book is full of really good <laughs> hacks uh, like this um, and this is all proper user-friendly stuff so uh, thank you so much as ever joel 60 second cocktails a great one for a stocking and thank you so much for joining us on the drinking hour again absolutely brilliant david thank you very much and uh, wishing you and yours the merriest of christmases likewise and to you the drinking hour with david kermode in partnership with club onologique The world through the lens of wine and spirits. Well, let's round off with some uh, festive suggestions from the IWSC tinsel-clad Hall of Fame uh, medal winners. And let's start with uh, a mezcal, uh, very much uh, on trend. Dangerous Don Mezcal, gold medal winner with a whopping 97 points. Here's why. The judge's tasting note complex, harmonious and juicy, bursting with attractive aromas of cherry and peach, creamy and refined on the palate with layers of citrus and spice interwoven with an appealing, smoky, briny quality, masterfully crafted with great poise and integration of alcohol. And here's a premix, uh, very much uh, sort of on trend, and this one a gold medal winner, Via Carota Craft Cocktails Old Fashioned. The judges describe an enticing aromatic display of orange in its many forms. Orange zest intertwined with chocolate orange and richer orange oil notes. This attractive profile carries onto the palate along with complex flavours of bourbon and sweet spice. Quite marvellous, they said. And for a quick fix, a hack, here's a gold medal winner from the RTD uh, category, ready to drink. Uh, Salty Stone Distillery's Young Salt Negroni. 
30% alcohol, this one. Um, a gold, 95 points. The judges said this. Lots of earthy bark and bitter juniper on the nose with sweetness and a herbal complexity of anise on the palate. Complex, well-balanced and gin-forward in its approach on both the nose and palate. And to cater for those who uh, we mentioned earlier who don't drink, perhaps they're driving, perhaps they just don't want to, um, how about Bloody Virgin Mary from bloody drinks. It was a gold medal winner in the no alcohol category. Uh, The judging panel said this, uh, indebtedness needs to be given for such an outstanding creation of what this drink should be. Seasoned, perfectly spiced, tomato, great texture, good body, all elements balanced and harmonious. Very well made textbook example of a Virgin Mary. Well, that's a High praise uh, for that gold medal winner from uh, Bloody Drinks. And to uh, round off, here's uh, one from our biggest retailer, Tesco Finest Salted Caramel Irish Cream Liqueur. What a good idea. So good. It won a gold medal with uh, 97 points. And here's the tasting note. Rich toffee, caramel and creamy butter characterise the nose, giving way to rich coffee flavours and delicious notes of mocha. A perfectly balanced alcoholic latte offering great depth. Fabulously tasty and easy to drink. Marvellous, they said. And talking of marvellous, I hope you have uh, a marvellous festive period. My thanks to Joel for his marvellous hacks. And thanks to you for listening this year. Have a great Christmas wherever you are and see you next time. The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in partnership with Club Onologique. The world through the lens of wine and spirits. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.